Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, boo. Happy Halloween. Hello, <laughs> <our> partners. <laughs> this is our playground, and today on Star Style, it's all about a Halloween spectacular. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Whitney. And we are coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where we strive to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. Today is going to be a very, very fun show because everything we're discussing today is to have our pirates, princesses, paupers, pumpkins, and pilgrims have a very, very fun-filled trick-or-treating Halloween. Now, the Miracle Moment is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity that is actually sponsoring Trick or Treat for Literacy campaign. So find out more at btsya.org or bethestaryouare.org and make a donation because that donation will help give a book for the holidays. And this is from a source that is unknown and it is everyone comes into your life for a reason a season or a lifetime. Don't you mm, love I that, like Heather? I, I love like it. that. And, and speaking of people coming into our life, what's going to happen in our third segment is you're going to meet uh, Hannah Hundall, who is our teen ambassador. She's the spokesperson for Be the Star You Are. She does a segment called Health with Hannah, and she's the host of our Express Yourself Teen Radio. And she's going to come on to talk about. Uh, trick-or-treat for literacy, as well as what it means to be part of this terrific organization. So we're really excited to welcome Hannah. Just wait till you meet her. She's major excitement. So, all right. Well, here we go with Halloween. So, Heather, I do know that this is your absolute favorite holiday. Oh, yeah. I love Halloween. You love Halloween. So, First of all, tell us what you have done, you know, to prepare for Halloween. 
But even more than that, you know, how how can we keep Halloween safe for the kids or maybe even a little bit healthy for the kids? Have no idea how we can do that. Yeah, most definitely. Well, I think I've just loved Halloween ever since I was a kid because it's a day that you get to dress up, you get to play make-believe and pretend, and I've always just loved that. I mean, growing up, I had a big chest in my room that was just filled with dress-up clothes. We called My girlfriends would come over and we'd play dress-up. So I always loved that, and there used to be some years I changed my costume a few different times just for that one you know, night. Um, you know, I, I love that element of it. And, of course, as a kid, I loved getting all the candy. And, you know, in our neighborhood growing up, there was, there was certain, certain areas that were better than others that people knew, you know, oh, there's this house and a local legend in our town. I don't even know his real name, but we call him the Candyman. Um, it was a gentleman that he owned some candy store or, or company or something, and he would give out the big, giant-sized candy bars. So, And what he would do is, you know, he would have, like, a line around the block of people, and they'd go, and he would judge you on your thing. He'd say, okay, you know, what are you or this? And, and then, you know, you get to pick three candy bars. And these would be, you know, the giant king-sized one. It was almost like he had his own candy stand. Um, yeah, so just such fond memories for me. And, well, he had know, a candy cool. stand because you know why he was actually called the candy man? He actually right. owned, he actually owned a whole candy manufacturing company. So that's <laughs> what, yeah, we knew, right. I mean, I right. knew, you knew he had some, some big ties of how he had all these, yeah. you know, not giving out the, any, any cheap candy there. Right. And then I think even for, for us too growing up, because we had this big, long driveway. I mean, there was times when I remember you would make the house almost like a haunted house and, and you know, answer the door in full costume and only scare all the kids away. But as we got older, because we had that long driveway, uh, that we started setting up a thing that we'd have a bonfire up there and we'd have apple cider and um, you know, pizzas and stuff, and, and it was almost like if you, like, it, you know, so when I stopped kind of uh, trick-or-treating and kind of giving it out, it was a great thing. The you know, parents would come out uh, up and hang out, and, you know, neighbors would talk, and the kids, you know, we'd get really be like, have as much candy as you like, um, because we felt like, you know, you deserved it if you took that chance of walking all the way up this giant hill. Exactly. So I remember we would have the big mem- bonfires, and we'd have, I'd have a cauldron with, like, bubbling yeah. apple cider, for the kids, and then for the parents, I had like a hot mold wine, and then on yeah. the bonfire, the kids would get to roast marshmallows, and of course, we would all be dressed up crazy, and and so there was always a trick included with the treat. So they got a treat, but I was kind of scary. I was usually dressed as a you know as a witch or a vampire, yeah. or whatever the craziest thing could be. <laughs> So just a fun thing. I think, you know, in general, that's just why Halloween has all those special memories. I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting that throughout the years, um, you know, not having kids of my own yet or anything, of it, uh, you know, and when I was in college, you know, there was always the crazy parties, but not really having trick-or-treaters. And now we're hoping this year, uh, my husband, that we're going to get, I decorated the house in all its Halloween glory, and I feel each week it keeps getting a little bit more Halloween added to it, and um, we recently had friends over, and we did a big Halloween uh, pumpkin carving party, and we gave out prizes for people who did it without stencils, and the pumpkins turned out pretty awesome. And uh, the if one people thing we want to see them, they can see them at starstyleradio.com. I have photos what? of your pumpkins at starstyleradio.com. <laughs> oh, perfect. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, one thing we didn't think about when we did it is that uh, this record heat we've been having, so we've already, those pumpkins have already filled with mold and died. But we're getting new pumpkins tomorrow um, to re-carve them and kind of celebrate that thing. And hopefully, even though the house is decorated on the inside, a little on the outside, um, we're hoping that by the kids seeing um, the the jack-o'-lanterns, they'll know that, hey, we're a house to come trick-or-treating at. Because, you know, it's just I don't see as much as uh, the people out there, especially, you know, we live in um, townhouses. So there are some families here. So hopefully the kids will come because we're really excited for it. Well, don't but, forget uh, to have this scary music. To me, that was what brought people up the driveway, is I would put your big boom box down the driveway, and I'd have this really spooky mu- uh, music that I think I actually got maybe from Disneyland, from the from the haunted house. Yeah, it was I mean, creepy. And it was really scary. It had all the creaking doors and the, the yeah. <laughs> you know, it was yeah, really exactly. scary. And I think that brings people. I, I just want to give a tip while you're talking about carving pumpkins because yeah. it really does work for all of you who are just carving pumpkins now if you want them to last in the heat um put some vaseline on any place that you carve and it just helps them last a little bit longer i don't know if it was if it's really hot i don't know how long that would be but a lot of times they rot pretty quickly and the other thing is put a piece of cardboard under them instead of just putting them on the cement or a brick because if there's any moisture that comes from the bottom it rots them so those are just a couple of tips for Ooh, your pumpkins. I, like. I know for these next ones, we're definitely going to be doing that for on Friday for these next ones. And other things, too, you know, that a lot of times, um, you know, parents are talking about, you know, safety things for it is, one, have your kids with flashlights going out. I mean, there usually reaches an age where the kids don't want to go anymore. But having something, too, you know, it's a great time that um, you can have your kids have walkie-talkies. There's even apps I feel like kids have phones younger and younger now, and there's even apps you can get that kind of track almost of where your kids are going trick-or-treating-wise, or it kind of maps out so you know if you're not with them. Um, uh, two things as well, having that communication, having a time when you'd like them to come back. And then also another thing of, you know, I, I think it's always, always somehow ends up in the news every year, and I just find it just horrible, and I can't believe people do it, but how people will put things in candies and razor blades or drugs or, you know, just Things meant to harm That's children. That's so horrible. You always do it. I go through your kid's candy at first. Um, and also, you know, maybe a, a tip is to try to go to people's homes that you know and trust as well. Exactly. I know kids just, kids want to go everywhere. So it is important that you check their candy. But if we're talking about really little kids, maybe just go to the homes that you feel will be safe. Oh, completely. And then, too, talking about what you're saying about um, health-wise things, um, I know that kids a lot of times don't want, you know, that's kind of the the, the most fun thing is, is getting um, all this candy. But certainly, too, if you as a parent, too, you could do, um, you know, they, they make little small fruit snack things. I know, I mean, daughter of a dentist, there was a dentist, there was someone who used to give out toothbrushes, which we all hated that, of course. We thought, no, we don't want this. But you can limit also when your kids get back of limiting what they have. And other things, too, a lot of times um, 
you can donate the candy. I know sometimes at dental offices, and the kids get, you know, sometimes there's prizes or you can get money or something. Um, because then it comes down to, you know, you really, it's, your children don't need all of that candy, especially it's just really just keeping the dentist in business, um, which I guess I'd say, dentist, I'm not opposed to that, but for your children's <laughs> own health, a great thing is just limiting that and also kind of teaching it being more, um, you know, just another kind of learning lesson thing of then having them just gorging out on all this candy and all this stuff. So I think it's fun to let them enjoy that first night of it. I remember it was so fun with me when we would sit, we'd pour out all of our candy and we'd trade and who got what. And, but, I mean, I swear I felt like we would eat candy, you know, for weeks until, like, you would eat it for breakfast. It was just, ugh. Like, it gives me a tummy ache just thinking about it. But and, and think about, I mean, it's like I think the parents, it's almost every parent's worst nightmare is all that candy. I like your idea, though, of maybe giving something in addition to the candy, you know, like those little, you know, you can go to the stores and buy big packages of rings that ha- that shine or, you know, little trinkets. And kids seem to like those kinds of things, too. So maybe if you don't want to give candy or just give a certain amount, give one piece of candy and then let them choose something from, you know, um, these little gifts. I mean, they're junk, but kids love all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Little toys. And and um, I just kind of had a, a one thing the CDC, the Center for Disease and Control, released, um, a kind of a, a safe, it's called Safe Halloween, an acronym of little tips rings. So Safe Halloween thing. So S is in safe. Saying swords, knives, costumes, accessories, they should be short, soft, and flexible. So not using, you know, and it doesn't matter how authentic you want your costume to be. Nothing that could be potentially a real thing or potentially dangerous that a kid could, you know, accidentally poke their eye or another kid's. A, for avoid trick-or-treating alone, always go in groups or with a people or trusted adults. F is for fast and reflective tape to costumes and bags to help drivers see you. Even though you're out there, a lot of times these costumes, you know, are dark-colored costumes. Um, e for the last thing of safe is examine all treats for choking hazards as well as tampering before um, a child's eating that. Because that's something, too, a lot of small children, even sticky things, um, can become a choking hazard. So make sure you know what's going into the mouth. H for the Halloween is hold a flashlight while trick-or-treating. It'll help you see better. And always walk, don't run. Again, a lot of times these are big um, big costumes. People could fall and trip. Um, always test makeup. The next thing for A is always test makeup. Um, a lot of times you notice know, you're painting the face. People have sensitive skin, and you could have a reaction to it. So that would be a terrible way to start Halloween and probably not get to go trick-or-treating. Um, so test do a small um, test strip on your face um, or possibly, you know, any anything that may, if you put it on it, maybe have an odor. It, it could, you know, irritate your eyes. So you do want to make sure you put on something that's going to be safe to charge you non-toxic. Always look both ways before crossing the street. Lower your risk of serious eye injury by not wearing uh, decorative lenses. A lot of those people... Um, they make, you know, cool cat eye looking ones or ones that your eyes look like flames or red. Though they are really cool, these are not ones that have been um, almost regulated by um, regular contacts and what those come from. So a lot of times wow, I didn't think these, of that. That's a good point. Yeah, and so a lot of times these can cause infection or scratches the cornea. So think about that as well. 
Um, always walk on the sidewalk when possible. Um, wear a well-fitted mask and costumes, again, to avoid any trips or falling. Um, eat only factory-wrapped uh, treats unless, you know, this is you're going to a neighbor and they've, you know these people and they've made, you know, little handmade candy bags or something like that. Um, but if you're going into an area where you don't know and they have something that's been hand-filled, um, it's best to avoid those because, again, you know, you just don't know of any potential risks that could be. Um, e, only enter homes of trusted adults and people that you know, and that's, you know, same thing for kids as well as, you know, if, if your kids are going out alone. Um, in general, them not going into anyone's house, but, you know, if some people, like as you did, we kind of set up a haunted house thing, maybe those are things to be most familiar with the area where your kids are going. And uh, last is, and never walk near lit candles, lumineers, or um, pumpkins, because a lot of times costumes can be um, very uh, flame, that, you know, very flammable. Also look in, look for flame-resistant costumes as well. Just another kind of safety tip of keeping your kids safe on Halloween night. Oh, those are amazing tips because I was listening. I was at a meeting today, and on my way back to the office, I was listening to the radio, and it seemed like the police were ramping up their, uh, their forces for Halloween night in almost every city because every year there is something, you know, that, that transpires. So by sticking to some of these safety tips, these will keep your child uh, happy, healthy, and safe. And I would assume that most parents, especially with little kids, they will be going around, you know, with their, with their children. And that seems to be important. And I wanted to say something about the uh, candles in the, and the um, pumpkins, because so often, you know, at least in the past, in the jack-o'-lanterns, we always put candles. But now you can get those little lights that you turn on yeah. that look like candles, and they flicker. And that would be a much safer uh, endeavor for your jack-o'-lanterns. And again, because you're so right about it is very, you know, costumes are flammable. And with with um, when you don't aren't able to see as well, then it becomes really kind of kind of scary. So, oh, great. I love all of these tips. So we want people to be safe on Halloween, and we really want people to have fun. Do you know what you're going to dress up as this year? Oh, my goodness. I don't. I know for when I'm teaching in the morning, I'm going to be sort of like uh, Josie and the Pussycat. And I've got little cat ears and tail and some fun little rocker stuff because I have to still be able to teach class. But right, for the right. nighttime, I oh, I just don't know yet. We're still, we're still uh, kind of uh, letting things, letting the, the the conversation occur. But I have a giant costume box, so there is no um, no shortage of, of, of great ideas in there. Well, most likely, I'll just be a firefighter again this year. I have plenty of firefighter <laughs> gear. <laughs> that's always easy go into the fireplace take some ashes put it all over my face and and then you know don my fire hats and and uh, my son's my son's old jacket and I'm I'm like set to go well great segment so we wish all of you a very very happy Halloween whatever costume you are we want you to be safe and to check your candy and don't eat too much so that you won't uh, get too sick and when we come back from break, I'm going to be talking about vampires and garlic and some of the creepy crawlies uh, from the garden, as well as some thrills that abound in haunted houses of horror. So don't go away. Lots more to come. I'm Cynthia Bryan. 
And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and we are coming to you live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Be the star you are. Light up the flame. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestaryouare.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. bethestaryouare.org. Be the lucky star. Be the star you are, you are the star. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. What is a vampire's favorite flower and what is a werewolf's favorite legume? Hello again. This is Cynthia Bryan and I'm coming to you live on the Voice America Network Empowerment Channel. And this is our Halloween Spooktacular. And we are already having a lot of fun. And we hope that you are too. Well, you know, with it being Halloween, uh, there is one thing out there that vampires really don't like. And it's known as garlic. It's been revered in medicine, myth, and magic throughout time. In fact, Thomas Nash, who was a 16th century poet, said, Garlic maketh a man wink, drink, and stink. (laughs) I think that's probably true. Sanskrit records uh, registered the medicinal properties of garlic 5,000 years ago, and the Greeks and the Babylonians used it for healing purposes, and the Chinese have prescribed garlic treatments for over 3,000 years. The Egyptians reverently buried their pharaohs with consecrated cloves that would ensure their pharaoh's sweet dreams, and then they fed the slaves garlic to increase their strength and endurance while building the pyramids. Roman soldiers believed that garlic bestowed bravery and courage, and Hippocrates recommended garlic as a medicinal remedy for infections, 
digestive disorders, wounds, and even leprosy. And in 1858, Louis Pasteur noted that garlic's antibacterial qualities were very important. Now, it was interesting. It was also considered an aphrodisiac, which is something I find really hard to believe. But Tibetan monks weren't allowed to consume garlic before entering a monastery. So the legend has it that garlic has been repelling vampires and it wards off the evil eye. So you know all about Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Garlic not only was effective against those blood-sucking princes of the night, but it also fends off the undead, including witches and warlocks and werewolves. So part of what we need to do is the aroma of garlic, our garlic breath, it's not a temptress of amour. So maybe we need to wear that around our necks, these garlic garlands, as all Halloween Eve approaches. We might not be inclined to rub down our chimneys, our keyholes, and our clothing as they did in years gone by, or wear these allium necklaces as protective gear. But this is the perfect time of the year to plant that vigorous vampire repellent. So if you love garlic, not just at Halloween to get rid of the vampires, this is the time to do it. And I'm going to give you a few tips before we go more into Halloween lore. A little bit about garlic. It is a relative of onions, chives, shallots, and it's really easy to grow. It's best planted this time of the year when the soil is still warm, the nights are cool, and frost is like, you know, six to eight weeks away. It needs a head start on sprouting before the deep winter arrives. Now, you can buy garlic uh, seeds at your garlic center or order from a nursery catalog or online. And some of the recommended suppliers include like Renee's Garden, Burpee, Territorial Seed, Dominion Seed House, Harris Seeds, Botanical Interests. But Garden Supply also offers a, a garlic grow bag. That's another company where you just plant the grow bag and the garlic grows. But you know what? When I'm in a pinch, I've even planted cloves from the grocery store, and they seem to thrive. So here's just a few things you need to know if you're going to plant garlic. You want to choose a sunny spot. You want to prepare the soil because they like well-drained soil mixed with rich organic matter. And then you separate the garlic bulb into cloves, and you plant each clove about an inch and a half deep, six inches apart, with the root pointing down. That's the round part and the tip that's you know reaches for the sun. Cover it with soil, add a thick layer of straw to keep it warm and protected, and maintain a level of about three inches of mulch covering throughout the winter. Now, that mulch can be hay, it can be bark, whatever, but hay kind of works best. And then in the spring, you'll start harvesting when the leaves dry and they flop over. And at that point, you're just going to gently tug the bulb out, and it's ready when it's round and plump. And then you shake the dirt off. And you put them on a flat or lay them on top of the soil for at least a week because they need to kind of dry. And then once the, the skins are dry and kind of papery, you can weave those garlands to hang or, to, or you can hang them like in your garage or a shed. And you, or you could just cut off the tops, trim the roots, and then layer the bulbs on a sheet to dry for several more weeks. And you want to reduce the potential for rot. So you've got to give them air circulation. Don't let them touch and then store them in a cool dry place or in a garlic keeper which are bags or pots they could be ceramic terracotta or metal that have holes for circulation and then store them you know store them properly and the garlic will remain pungent for like seven eight months and you know I'm Italian and I can't even imagine a meal without garlic and in our household it just turns ordinary dishes into truly 
culinary masterpieces. We also use it for a plethora of medicinal purposes, from putting cloves in our pet foods to deter ticks and worms, to using it with warm olive oil to soothe an earwake or to calm a cough. And again, to get rid of mosquitoes or insects, you can eat raw garlic or, of course, you can rub it on your body. Now, of course, you're going to deter everybody around you. Nobody's going to want to be near you. But uh, that the garlic really does get rid of all the bad things. And herbalists recommend garlic to combat illnesses, including high cholesterol, colds, flu, coughs, bronchitis, fever, ringworm, and digestive issues. And there is mounting scientific evidence that it could even prevent heart disease, lower cholesterol, and protect against cancers. So I love the words of Louis Diet. He said, without garlic, I simply would not care to live. So plant enough cloves and you'll have plenty of the stinking rose for eating, healing, and keeping those ghouls, ghosts, and gremlins at bay. So I wish you happy gardening, happy growing, happy garlic breath, and yes, just remember those boos. And to answer the, the little the uh, quiz of what is vampire's favorite flower, of course, it's bleeding hearts. And what is a werewolf's favorite legume? Human beings. I know, it's dumb, but I still... I still love it. So <laughs> that's a little bit of, uh, of garlic lore for fending off the vampires. And another kind of creepy crawly in the garden. You may want to put away your fly swatter and get out the welcome mat for this one. There are over 120,000 species of annoying flies, but the black soldier fly is the one you want to invite to dine in your compost pile. It's called the privy fly. And the larvae of these beneficial soldiers, they devour waste, they eliminate odors, they increase decomposition, and they reduce the possibility of disease with their powerful chewing, shredding, and digesting capabilities. They are a true fly, and they're one of the most beneficial insects for waste and environmental management. But unlike a vampire, the adult fly has no mouth parts. It lives off the stored energy that it's built up in its larva stage. The fly is three-quarters of an inch to like seven-eighths of an inch long. The adult flies don't bite, they don't sting, and they don't transmit any illness. And the males and females actually mate in flight. And ultimately, they hatch 500 or more eggs in compost bins, outhouses, and manure piles. Yes, that is manure piles. So these non-pest the larva, it's very insatiable, and it can consume twice their weight daily, and they convert waste into protein and fat-rich feedstuff that is actually fed to birds and animals, worms, and it's used as additional compost. And what's great about these black soldier flies is they protect against the breeding of other flies because you they they make the uh, the ground so liquid that flies can't nest and they can't breed. Now, you can buy a working colony, but they may not stay with you. So it's better that you just develop it in your own compost by giving it a lot of drainage and a lot of manure from, you know, chickens, ducks, pigs, horse, cow, goats. I think even though we shouldn't probably say it, probably cats, dogs, probably even human compost. So as biocomposters, black soldier flies are nature's fastest food and waste recyclers. And because of their high amount of nurturing um, proteins and fat, there are companies out there that are developing tasty black soldier fly maggot recipes 
to feed the world. So who knows? They might be coming to dinner after all. I'm not quite sure that I'm ready for poop crackers, but that might it be what's going to feed the world. <laughs> so and that's another good thing when you see them. They're like little creepy crawly maggots. Now, many of you may be wanting to visit haunted houses for Halloween. And what's so interesting that there are so many thrills at these houses of horrors around the country. And there's a lot of us, especially teenagers, who may feel too big just to go trick-or-treating, but they still want to celebrate Halloween. And so there are all these haunted houses or haunts um, uh, in the United States that are sure to frighten the living daylights out of you. They're terrifying. They're thrilling. And I guess most people kind of find it hilarious to watch your friends get scared and to see the monsters and, you know, the gremlins engage with people. So in the past couple of decades, haunted houses have grown into high production value and they have high-tech attractions on par with lots of forms of live entertainment. They're no longer, you know, when I was a kid that you'd put your hand in spaghetti or you would uh, put your hand in a bowl of grapes that was supposed to be eyes. It's not even like that anymore. It's more like Disneyland and Universal Studios. The new generation of professional haunted houses is an immersive and interactive entertainment experience like no other because they have advances in sound, LED lighting, computer-generated imagery. They have pop automation. And it's really uh, contributed to the growth of the industry to create some amazing effects that suspend disbelief and, again, just frighten us to bits in much the same way that Hollywood does with many of its movies. And this specialized technology has uh, been directly created by the haunted house industry technology. At one point, it might have been only available in the large theme parks, like at Universal Studios or at Disneyland. You know, the haunted house in Disneyland was always one of my favorite, favorite rides. And, and I was always scared because there was usually a human dressed as something really scary that would jump out at you at some point. And it was just like, oh, my gosh. So there's a lot of people in the film industry who work on these projects. And there's some really talented makeup artists. And so it's a big team that comes together to entertain people, to help them scream and laugh, and just to have a great time as something outside of just going trick-or-treating. So here are a couple of the places that if you are in these states around the world, I mean around those states, that you may want to check out. In Phoenix, Arizona, there's the 13th floor, and it's a 60,000-square-foot haunt. It has two themed attractions, a zombie land where there's military battles with zombies, and then they have a haunted mansion with a lot of different zones, including a mausoleum ride on a crypt elevator, they have an asylum and a swamp shack with pirates. So they want to scare you, thrill you, and entertain you. And they do a lot of stunts. They have zip lines. There's all kinds of fun things. And, of course, you know, there's video projections. The second one that is uh, pretty famous is called the Dent Schoolhouse. And this takes place in an eerie, dilapidated, 120-year-old schoolhouse attached to a warehouse in Cincinnati, Ohio. And... There, the co-owner of the haunt has said he's seen grown men come out crying and five-year-olds laughing. So I'd probably be one of those that would be crying. And according to urban legend, after the school opened, children began disappearing. And the community discovered that Charlie, the janitor, was murdering students in the basement. And now he was never found, so he continues to haunt the school site. 
So you could go there and you'll find this old man character that is going to scare everyone. Another one is Cutting Edge, and it is in Fort Worth, Texas. And it has won the Guinness World Record for the longest walk through haunted houses in the past two years. And it's set in 235,000 square feet in a 106-year-old meat packing house. So that probably gives you a feeling of what the theme is when it's meat packing. So it plays on that. And there are 20 other themes there, too, including a 1940s cemetery. It has zombies, dinosaurs, a swampland, and an exit that ends in the hallway of foam. And it also has musical entertainment, a zombie marching band, and a really macabre stomp group. And even in the parking lot, there is a disc jockey playing that scary music. Now, in Old Tucson, there's Nightfall in Old Tucson, Arizona, and it has three different haunts. There's Psychomania, Dia de los Muertes, which is Day of the Dead, and the Iron Door Mine, and it's all set in an old west town with several stage uh, shows. Uh, They have opening ceremonies, horrifying stunt shows with pyrotechnics. They have a reality-based monster cooking show competition. Sounds kind of fun. And a magic show in the saloon and terror in town square with renegade freaks and the walking dead on the loose. So there's characters on the streets, and you never know who you're going to walk into. So that sounds pretty scary. And then the final one is called Scare House, and that takes place in a 100-year-old building that was originally an Elks Log, and that's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So that first attraction, which was in 1932, is where evil creatures are summoned forth. And then next is the Creepo's Christmas in 3D and has evil clowns and elves. So that sounds pretty scary to me. I'm not sure I'd want to be a little kid. They're also known for their zombie pop culture. And they have a Hollywood-quality zombie encounter where guests can be the stars of their own horror movie. So uh, all of these scare houses are pretty, pretty fun, and you can check them out. And, of course, there are always the scare houses at Universal Studios, both in Florida and in California, as well as in um, Disneyland. So check out scare houses and then just decide to have a very great time on Halloween. But do like Heather said and be safe. Well, when we come back from our break, you are going to meet just an amazing young lady. Her name is Hannah Hundall, and she is the host of our teen show, Express Yourself Teen Radio, as well as being a spokesperson for Be The Star You Are and working on our Trick or Treat for Literacy program. So she's going to come on and talk to us about that program as well as everything Halloween and everything fun. So don't go away. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are on the Voice America Network, coming to you live, and we're on the Empowerment Channel. Be right back. Change your world, change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Working longer hours and working harder does not spell success. You need to work with a maximum effectiveness in order to be successful. When your personal and your business life are in balance, you experience less conflict and definitely less stress. 
This balance allows you to become more effective and get more work done in less time. Plan your work and work your plan. When you love what you do, there's nothing hard about your career. If you find yourself working longer, get more organized, delegate the details, and don't procrastinate. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business fight from Star Style. To book a coaching or consultation session, call 925-377-7827. That's 925-377-STAR or visit star-style.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. You are. your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program star style be the star you are hosted by the passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan now back to the power party find all you need in a light that shines well this is our power party and it's our special halloween party So thank you so much for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I am your host and your personal growth coach, Cynthia Bryan. Now with me today, live here on the show, is one of my favorite, favorite people, and I'm so excited that she was able to join us today. You're going to meet Hannah Hundahl. She is our Be the Star You Are spokesperson. She is also our Health with Hannah reporter on Express Yourself Teen Radio, and she is our main host on Express Yourself Teen Radio. She's a powerhouse of a young lady. Hello, Hannah, and welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, Cynthia. Thank you so much for having me on the program. This is so much fun. I know, I know, I know. I've been wanting to do it, and I just haven't had the opportunity. So this is so perfect because you are working on our Be the Star You Are program right now, now called Trick or Treat for Literacy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with that? Because I know you've been announcing it on your own show, Express Yourself Teen Radio, for weeks. And, you know, and you have been like, you know, trying to collect donations. So tell us about Trick or Treat for Literacy and how it can help people. Right. So, you know, we've been really rallying people around this cause. And I have been doing that particularly in my small community of Turlock, California. And, you know, what I always say is small is mighty, small is power. And I know we're really all going to come together for Trick or Treat for Literacy because this is an amazing campaign designed to give young people the treat of a book. And when we think about Halloween, we typically associate young people, you know, all decked out, going door to door for candy. But it seems so perfect and ideal that they would go door to door to collect donations for books for kids. And I'm also organizing before Halloween, you know, getting a massive group of kids together. So maybe we can go to different houses and talk to our neighbors, our family, our friends, and kind of secure donations for ourselves beforehand as well. Because, of course, with all the mayhem that goes along with Halloween, you know, it might be kind of challenging to be approaching people only at that time for donations for trick-or-treat for literacy. So I think it's taken a lot of background work as well 
But we're really so excited for the day this Friday, October 31st. And I love Halloween as it is. But I think it's so much more special when you know that you're celebrating a holiday like this for such a good cause. I mean, well, we really appreciate that you, you know, have taken up the reins of this. And then I just wanted to give a shout out to you because I was like so impressed because Hannah recently, all on her own, was able to fundraise enough money that Be The Star You Are could enter the Cal Nonprofits um, Award of Distinction. And you did it in like a week. What was your <laughs> process? How did you do that? You're just, a, I was amazed by you being able to get this entry fee. <laughs> oh, it definitely took some work. You know, it was a power-packed week, should I say, because I know I had um, a lot of projects due for some of my classes that week. And when I got that email from you that, wow, you know, we really need to enter into this grant, I was like, yeah, we do, but how are we going to do this in one week's time? Oh, oh gosh, I got to really amass all my forces together and start to go along with this. And it was amazing, though, I think, when you, like, really sit down and start to think about all, all your communications and your contacts and you start to, you know, get emails sent out, get phone calls ringing, you know, knock door to door. It's really amazing what type of people and how many people will actually come out for you when they know that you're a part of such a good cause. And, you know, I think particularly being a young person, adults are so impressed by that as well. I think you'd be surprised, exactly. you know, even talking to your neighbors. They're, they're so amazed that a kid is, you know, a part of such a great thing that they're, I think, all the more willing to help out and contribute. I think you hit the nail on the head is that, as young people, you have the power, young people have the power to really make a difference in the world much more than they even think that they do. Because sometimes as adults, you know, it's like you've been there, done that, you've done all this stuff. But when a young person approaches you and say, says, this is what I'm really passionate about. And can you help me, you know, live my dreams yeah. and get there? People get behind that. Do you find that to be the case? Absolutely. I mean, I, of course, I'm not an adult, but I can imagine as an adult how you would not want to reach out and extend a helping hand to that kid because, you know, you've been there, you've done that. And I'm sure you can kind of harken back to that time period in your life, those teenage years, which are already trying times as they are. And so the notion that there's young kids out there actually trying to navigate these times in a positive way and, you know, engage in positive activities and really try to set a good foundation for the rest of their lives I know so many adults are just thrilled by that, and they always want to reach out and extend that helping hand. And, you know, I found that to be the case not only for raising money for this campaign, but also even when we were helping out at uh, the Moraga Pear Festival, when we were going around to different booths uh, selling lemons to raise money for Be The Star You Are, it was amazing how many adults were actually willing to buy these lemons off of us, buy our pins, buy any merchandise when we as kids were approaching them and telling them that, yeah, you know, we're raising money for an organization that's helping us become stars. And do you, do you think, you know, because I think you made such a good point here, is I really feel that today so many adults are, are threatened by the younger generation or they have a negative mm -hmm. view of the younger generation. And then there are people like you and many of the volunteers with Be The Star You Are or many of our reporters or co-hosts with you that are so phenomenal and so engaging and and care so much about the world don't you think it I, I from my point of view it's so refreshing when a young person comes out and says hey I stand for something do you feel that that is the case when you meet adults that they they're like shocked to meet you and thrilled at the same time mm, I think you only have to listen to one episode of express yourself our radio program to get an idea of 
how impactful and how much transformational power young people hold today. I mean, every week on there, the kids that come on, whether it be our reporters, you know, co-hosts, our guests, whether they be actors or aspiring authors and, you know, charity organizers. I mean, we have so many of our reporters who are actually creating their own charities, which is incredible because I think really if you listen to just one episode, you realize that some of these young kids, they're doing more things than I think many adults may have even accomplished in a lifetime. And these kids are 16, 17 years old. It is amazing. Our own Caitlin Darrow, who co-hosts with you very often, and she has she does the uh, Gift of Giving segment. She was just featured uh, last week or two weeks ago on the Steve Harvey Show for the charity that she founded, which is Angels of God Clothing Closet, where she collects clothing and helps the poor. I mean, it was, that's pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, let's just give a shout out for our radio show that you are the main host for. It's Express Yourself Teen Radio, and it airs every Tuesday at noon on Voice America Kids. And you can also, also catch all of the archives. You can just go to the iTunes, and iTunes has all of the archives. Just type in Express Yourself Teen Radio, it'll pop up, or go to Express Yourself Teen Radio. Dot com. Hannah, how do you like being a reporter and a host? Because you really are ah. exceptional as both. <laughs> You're such a great communicator. Cynthia, I can't describe it. I really cannot describe it. The, the impact on me, you know, on my family, on my community, on my school. I mean, I, you know, I've really gotten so many more people listening to this. And everyone is so intrigued, you know, with all my promotion efforts when I'm at school, you know, talking to kids. Hey, you should tune in today. You should listen to the show today. They're like, what is this? And I sit down with them. I talk to them about the program, about the charity, uh, you know, about this whole notion of everyone as a star. And they're really just astounded. And even within my own family, you know, every when, every um, time that we're taping and recording this and interviewing, you know, we need the house completely quiet. And so it's become kind of a family ritual every week. But yay, today's the radio show day. Everyone today's radio red- show. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really, you know, I, I love the fact that not only does it impact you, but it impacts the family and in a positive way because that's the goal. And the whole, I think the name of the show, Express Yourself, really says what the show's about. It is a place where teens talk and the world listens. So it gives you as young people the opportunity to truly express yourself without any judgment, without any editing. You get to talk about what you want to talk about. And it has nothing to do with with we as adults, right? Right. Right. And can you imagine how impactful that is for a young child, a teenager to have this type of platform? I mean, I remember my very first time I kind of had a similar feeling. I was in eighth grade and summertime was approaching and I didn't really have anything to engage myself in. And I'm always that type of individual who needs to keep my toes dipped into different things, you know, needs to keep my hands busy with different activities. I can never really sit still. And so I sat down and I started thinking about what I could possibly do to occupy my time this summer. And I, I knew I had loved to write. I had known that for quite some time, but I never really knew how to, how to manifest that passion. And so I just decided one day, I think I was 13 years old, to pick up the phone and call the editor of the local newspaper. And I actually secured myself in a, a youth opinion column in that paper on that very phone call. And I remember, and I remember that feeling that, wow, people are listening. I have a way to talk to community members, to thought leaders, to all these important. 
important, powerful people that before I thought were inaccessible to me. Now I'm actually getting to really have a dialogue with them and create, you know, change and spark discussion in any area that I want to. And I think this radio program just elevates that to a whole new level because we broadcast to 132 countries. And that is incredible. Well, and you know what's so interesting about what you just said is the fact that you actually had this dream of of, of, of uh, being, being having your having own column, column or whatever, whatever. but you but didn't you just, just dream, dream about, about it. it. You, you went, went into, into action, action and you made and it happen. happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And, and you know, you and, know that, and that that that's the key. key. I yeah, know, you know, that is the key, key to everything. everything. Yeah, you know, we have to dream big, but we also have to act big, I think, as well. I mean, I think we all really have these visions for ourselves, but how we carry them out, how we let them manifest in our lives and come to fruition for us, that's where the real work begins. And I remember for me, although I was so thrilled when I got my first chance to be a, um, a guest on the program on Express Yourself, and later on I became a reporter and then host, it was amazing, but I had at that time no one that I knew of involved in this industry and in this work, and so I was a little timid about how everything was going to turn out, but I didn't let that preclude me from taking that first step and just diving right in and doing it. And so... That's no, exactly the thing. That's You have to dive in. Exactly. And, you know, I think it, it's all about just making that one initial move, you know, ringing that one doorbell, knocking on that one door, picking up that one phone to make that phone call, or picking up that pen to write that one letter, you know, to write that one query. And anything that you might think is kind of, you know, ah, whatever, what difference could it possibly make? How much impact could this email to this editor way off in New York City possibly make, I think you'd be really surprised because what I've noticed is now, you know, as I'm contacting different publications and contacting different producers to be guests on different, on all these radio programs, if I contact 20 people, maybe five will respond. And out of those five responses, four will be no's and one will be a maybe. Well, you know what you learn from that, Hannah, is jamais dit, jamais, never say never and never give up. It's like I always say that when somebody says no, you say next, and you just move on. Mm. And so you never take it personally and just keep on going. And well, I want to just ask you, because we only have a few minutes left, tell us what you're planning for Halloween. Are, are you going to do a costume? Are you going to go out to friends? Uh, what are your plans? I know you're doing the trick-or-treat for literacy, and you're organizing that, but do you have a costume in mind? Uh, as of now, I was thinking of wearing my Be the Star You Are gear, you know, my Oh, I like that. That's a good one. I think that's important. (laughs) I think that's important. If I had a star costume, I think that'd be terrific. Uh, I'll I'll be on the lookout, though. A couple of, you know, party stores have opened up around my town, Turlock, so I think I'll be checking them out in the days that that we have left till Friday. Gosh, it's already approaching, but thankfully, I've got a lot of people around this, and, you know, I've got a plan. Well, and I think that going out for the trick-or-treat for literacy, it actually is important to wear your your, uh, Be the Star You Are t-shirt so people really know that you really are representing an organization (laughs) who you say, because I'm sure that a lot of people, you know, they they may not know what's going on and think, oh, is this a trick or (laughs) is this a treat? A trick or a treat. (laughs) A trick or a treat. Well, Hannah, you are such a delight, and I know that you are going to be successful in whatever you do in life. And I'm going to be doing everything in my power to help you along the way to achieve your dreams because I have been impressed with you from day one, as you know. 
And I have to say just to the listeners around the world, henna just never, never fails to exceed and surmount any obstacle or adventure. She, she takes things, the bull by the horns, she goes with it. And she makes, you make life happen. So tune in oh. to expressyourselfteenradio.com and also tune in uh, on uh, Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids Network. Hedda, thank you so much for being here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. And I am just so delighted to work with you with Be the Star You Are. And I know that as a teen ambassador and spokesperson for Be the Star You Are, you are going to just be shooting through the galaxy because (laughs) you are a star. Oh, Cynthia, thank you. It's it's been a dream come true. I can say that much. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you all out there for being great listeners and allowing us into your life every week. Make sure you're tuned in to Star Style. Be the star you are every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. You can change your life and make your dreams come true. For information about Star Style Productions, visit star-style.com. Make a donation to Be The Star You Are Charity and trick-or-treat for literacy. Visit bethestarur.org or btsya.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you are already a star Celebrate every moment of your life and read a book this week because it's like a garden in your pocket. And until next week when we play again in our Star Style Playground, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You've been listening to Star Style. Be the star you are. I encourage you to reach for the stars. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. Thanks for listening. We'll be together next week. The star you are, be the star you are, you are the star, be the star you are, keep It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.